0: Welcome to Westworld FM, a podcast about HBO's Westworld TV series. My name is Alex. And my name is Nick. And boy, do we have a podcast for you. We started podcasting back in 2012 with the Midwest Film Nerds podcast, where we would review movies and talk about film news. And just this year, we started a show called Gone to Texas, a podcast about AMC's Preacher. Uh, Westworld FM will follow a similar format in that with every new episode of the Westworld TV series, we will we will be releasing an episode of this podcast. This podcast will be typically about 45 minutes to an hour long and we will discuss the bigger plot points of the show, what we liked and did not like about the episode, and discuss some of the questions that the show is raising. So uh, I'd like to start off here a little bit about our personal histories with Westworld and what has made us excited about the new Westworld TV series before going into a brief review of Michael Crichton's Westworld 1973 movie. So uh, Nick, tell me do you have any prior experience with Westworld we've got Westworld so just to lay it out there for everybody there's Westworld the TV series or excuse me Westworld the movie which came out in 1973 mm-hmm. there's a spiritual success, successor called Future World that came out in 1976 uh, and then there's a TV series that came out in 1980 called Beyond Westworld that was on CBS that got canceled after 3 episodes uh, but is available out on DVD so uh nick have you experienced any of these things?
1: I have only experienced the movie Westworld. Yes, the first Westworld. Uh, that it's a movie that I've been circling for a long time. I actually had uh, delivered to me via mail delivery Netflix, probably <laughs> in two thousand and four. Yeah, it was early in my uh, in my queue. And maybe it was like 05, I don't remember. But anyway, it was a movie that I had in my possession and I held on to for too long without watching that I decided to cycle it out in favor of something else. And uh, it was one of those things I just never really got around to checking out, even though the premise was very intriguing and the the main kind of I- iconic image of Ewell Brenner as the gunslinger, particularly with his like face faceplate missing, is, is something that always really popped. And I uh, liked Michael Crichton, liked Ewell Brenner, and uh you're a bit of a western fan, too. yes, yeah, I would say so. I like westerns quite a bit, and this was one that the the main idea the the main plot of the film always seemed really ahead of its time to me, yeah, and I think that that still kind of holds true so uh it was something that I had not seen until recently, and uh I do like it
0: did, did- your did your dad have any, any connection? I know your dad is a big science fiction fan, yeah,
1: he is. I don't know if he if he does to this, he's not a huge movie watcher. He's yeah. a pretty he's a pretty moderate movie watcher. He's more of a reader. So I think that the the a lot of the old posters for Westworld are definitely something that would have seemed like a cover of a book he would have bought for yeah. like a dollar somewhere <laughs> and read in like a day and then put on his shelf and I would have looked at it as a kid. Like it just had that kind of like Pulpy old sci-fi quality to it, which is really cool. He he may have seen it. I'm gonna have to ask I, him about it.
0: Yeah, I feel like he would have been like, oh, that Michael Crichton guy. He's he does he movie. does love Michael Crichton. Yeah. So yeah, I I would be curious to know uh, what he thought or if he if he's seen it or anything. But yeah, I also do not have too much uh, of a history with the Westworld series, uh, having just watched the film very recently. um So uh, I, I'm kind of in a very similar boat. I had heard things about it. I heard rumblings about a TV series. Uh, and kind of the premise around it with it being uh theme park with with kind of cyborgs or androids or robots that are kind of contributing to this western theme, I always thought that was pretty interesting uh so you know and Michael Crichton obviously has written a lot of uh great sci- science fiction um in you know contemporary science fiction and so kind of having that name attached to it, plus with it being his like uh, the movie being his feature directorial debut and and his first screenplay as well. Uh, there's a lot of interest in me checking out the movie at the very least, and then also the new TV series. But so let's talk about that a little bit. Um, so Westworld TV series, something that's been in the works for a couple, uh, at least a couple of years at this point. Uh, what kind of brings you to the show? Why are you interested in it?
1: I think. The primary draw is that it feels like this is an era in which these themes are are very relevant, more so than... I guess when the original film was written and made, it felt like speculative fiction, and now it feels more like this is happening eventually. Yeah. And uh, I think that that's kind of the main draw, is it feels like now we're in a time when it's more thematically relevant, as well as the technology exists to maybe make this a little bit more immersive. That I always get a kick out of watching 70s and 80s era sci-fi when you just see like tape-to-tape decks and, <laughs> and then old yeah. crappy monitors <laughs> for for everything. Which and, probably
0: cost a lot of money back then. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, I know.
1: And and even back then, you have to kind of think that they were looking at each other going, this doesn't look good, guys. But <laughs> but, but nobody knows any better, so it's fine. Yeah. And some... Sometimes it works like we've we've mentioned in the past that Alien is a movie that made it integrated it into the aesthetic yeah. and into the actual plot and, and the characters uh with their particular jobs and and, and occupations that it makes sense, mm-hmm. like this level of technology. But with this movie you watch it and you're like, This feels clunky. Yeah. And they they probably should have found a found a diff- a way to shoot around it, but it that's neither here nor there.
0: A Basically. way to shoot around it, or at least be a little more speculative about the technology too. Yeah, you don't even have to show it, really. Yeah.
1: But anyway, uh, and then Jonathan Nolan is a big draw for me. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the creative powers involved in this show are big draws, and, and a lot of the director roster for the first season is really good. They've got Neil Marshall in there, mm. Michelle McLaren, uh, Jonathan Nolan. is actually directing a couple episodes. Awesome. So there's uh, there's a lot of uh, talent behind this. Yeah. And then not to, not that's before even getting to the cast. There's a great cast involved. It's just really stacked.
0: Yeah, so we've got uh also producer uh JJ Abrams, yep. which I think we could both say that we are fans of his work. Um and yeah, director wise that that is a pretty great uh lineup of people there. I'm also seeing some names. Ed Brubaker looks like he's written an episode with Jonathan Nolan. Oh, wow. Uh, Vincenzo Natali is also a director in the series too. So There's a lot of very interesting people that are involved in this. And then, as you said, the cast. uh, This is just reading off of Wikipedia. We've got Anthony Hopkins, Ed Harris, Evan Rachel Wood, James Marsden, Thandy Newton, Jeffrey Wright, Tessa Thompson, uh, Sidsey Babbitt-Nudson, Jimmy Simpson, Rodrigo Santoro, Shannon Woodward, Ingrid Boys Birdall, Ben Barnes, Simon Quarterman, Angela Serafian, Luke Hemsworth, and Clifton Collins Jr. That's there's a lot of people in there and some of them are people that you don't know that you know but you do. Clifton Collins Jr. Is somebody who's been in tons of movies at this point. Um so a lot of that is pretty exciting. Uh and and then there's even a few other unspecified roles that have been cast. Kyle Bornheimer's one that I've seen in a few different things. Uh better call Saul, I'm Breaking Bad and uh and Casual. So yeah, there's a lot of talent involved in this show, and I think it's going to be pretty fascinating to watch how they show, how they handle it all, how they juggle that big of a cast and how big of a role some of these people are going to play. So uh, it'll be very exciting to see. So um, yeah, the show starts October 2nd. Uh, we're hoping that our first uh, full, actual, normally scheduled and formatted episode of this podcast will be out Uh, The next day, sometime that Monday October 3rd So come back to check that out But in the meantime, we are going to talk about our thoughts About Westworld 1973, the original movie Um, The IMDb synopsis says A robot malfunction creates havoc and terror For unsuspecting vacationers At a futuristic, adult-themed amusement park Um, So, obviously Directed and written by Michael Crichton uh, Starring Yul Brynner uh, Richard Benjamin, James Brolin And a few other people, Dick Van Patten to name uh, as well but um rated pg yeah rated pg which is <laughs> is very interesting uh but it was 1973 pg-13 didn't exist at the time right no yeah so so that's uh that's an interesting thing to note. but so westworld the movie what did you think nick
1: i think all of the greatness in westworld the movie lies in its potential yeah i think it's it's a really in in many ways, it's an admirable execution for... I, I I haven't seen much of anything else that Michael Crichton has directed, so I am approaching this from a he's a non-director standpoint, mm-hmm. he's, he's a novelist. Some of it is really well done, and some of it's very clunky. I think that a lot of the introduction to the world is very funny, and the satire comes across, I think, well. It's not too much, but it's not... Uh, it's not that it 's too thin, either. I yeah. think it starts off very strong. I think all of the all of the ideas behind it are really cool, and that 's why I think it's it's something that i'm glad it was made when it was because it definitely feels this is early seventies to the point where I think the sixties we were coming off of a lot of like genuine westerns yeah and so the fact that there's something that's w- trying to weave western in with sci-fi is really cool mm-hmm. and i don't know that, that kind of
0: really genre really blending really didn't happen that until at that point in time
1: yeah and i can't even the only other example that immediately comes to mind is cowboys and aliens and we all know how that turned out <laughs> i think the casting of Ewell brunner is definitely very very intentional and, and kind of funny yeah uh but it's it's almost though, as though it needed it just needed a more seasoned director, I think, to really, really rise above. I think I don't know if it has much of a cult standing. I think in in ways it probably does. Yeah, I think it would work really well as a book too. But I think the only the only immediate issue that I see with the movie is that I wish it had focused either more heavily on the behind the scenes, like the 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 people that are working behind the scenes to make it all work. Or it had focused more on the actual. It does. It, the robots are just robots in in the movie. They're not characters. Yeah. And that's okay. And that's about what I would expect from the '70s. But I think the thing that this series seems to really be promoting is that the robots are going to be the main characters, and uh, I'm sure they have a better name than robots as well. Yeah. But they, it, it's going to address more of the themes that maybe Blade Runner and movies like that did a little bit better, where you are, you're you're imagining yourself in their, in their perspective yeah. you know, what it, and, and raising this question of what does it mean to be human? Where, what's the line between human and, and, and artificial and synthetic as it were. Yeah. And, uh, I think that the West world is done solely from almost from the Jurassic park perspective of yeah. here's an amusement park gone wrong. But I wish, I really like in the movie the stuff of the behind the scenes. I think that's all really fun to watch because it's it's really absurd and it's kind of silly. But those characters are the ones that are, they really have the biggest problem on their hands. Like mm-hmm. the rest of these people are all kind of bad anyway if they're there and the things they're choosing to do for the most part are all really crappy. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I liked I liked a lot of that stuff and we don't get as much of that as I would have liked. Uh, the two main characters played by James Brolin and uh, and Richard Benjamin are uh you don't really care you're like whatever yeah and uh it's fine but the rest of the, i like i liked a lot more of the stuff about the behind the scene how how it all works and how many different departments there are and a lot of that stuff was was also were more of the comedy shown through it was just very funny to watch these little, like the two guys who go out on a little go-kart to retrieve mm-hmm. the snake is just really goofy <laughs> like they're probably just waiting to like punch the clock and then go home from yep. from, from uh, west world so our Doro Dur- what's the what's the name of Duros? the the whole it's not Doros. That's from Star Wars. Something like that. They don't even say on here. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> Westworld's the one that matters. But I think it's uh I think it's 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 a pretty fun to watch. You definitely can't take it too seriously or expect uh, a masterpiece, but I think that the the ideas behind it are really 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 cool and I think that it needed it just needed better uh creative powers behind the lens, I think. Yeah
0: um delos is the delos. name is the name of the resort but yeah i'm gonna uh echo a lot of your sentin- sentiments in the sense that i think uh, the movie operates on a very surface level it doesn't really dig down into themes that maybe they didn't necessarily think were there in 1973 as you said things about consciousness and I mean, I, I think it was the, probably there in some of the thicker science fiction that I'm sure Michael Crichton must have read. But I, th-
1: I think he, if he had written it as a book, it probably would have delved into that a lot more. But I yeah. think the movie was more concerned about just have, just having that kind of horror movie, that yeah. kind of like invasion of the body snatchers type fear where like something has something has gone wrong and you can't you can't reverse it. Yeah. And, and I think that it's it's kind of that... It, it almost could be classified more as a horror movie than a science fiction movie because mm-hmm. I think that it's probably just a direct, directly addressing people's fears of the, the boom of technology. Yeah. that's coming like, oh, this is what's going to happen. And it's hilarious to watch it thinking that in 1973 this is what people were probably genuinely afraid
0: yeah and, well and i liked one of the lines in there where the guy says something along the lines of we don't even understand all the technology that's in these things that's right a, and that's, that's one that's of the a,
1: that was one of the coolest parts of the movie was the idea that they were trying to figure out what's wrong and he's talking to his little fellow board and he says that some of the robots were made by other robots by machines, and he's like yeah. we don't we don't even understand how they work and yeah. that's a hilarious thing to like say out loud it's a
0: hilarious thing to number one say out loud and number two the idea that you're founding a business on this technology oh is yeah. like but but it makes sense because that's i remember i have interviewed for a job in the past where they were like do you want to understand how we do what we do or just make a good product and i was like well i would want to understand how we do what we do because then i can make the product better and he's like no the shareholders don't care about that. They want you to sell our product, right? And that's exactly what that line kind of sums up. Yep. Of like, we don't care how it works. We just want it to work. We just care that people want it. Yeah. yeah. So that I think that was a pretty interesting line. That that is very on the nose in the movie, but uh, and and it doesn't get explored too much. But I think it's still a very interesting theme. Um,
1: it's almost like in Jurassic Park when Malcolm says, "You were you spent so long." Trying to figure out if you could.
0: That, you, that they didn't think if they should. If they should. Or yeah. Something. something like that. I'm yeah. totally butchering yeah, it. But we, did, we butchered that line so much. We've done a poor
1: job here. <laughs> we spent so long thinking about this whether or not we should
0: quote it. <laughs> yeah, but no, absolutely. And that's one of my favorite lines in that movie, too. um So, it all in all, I think Westworld as a movie, as you said, has a lot of potential to it, but it does not quite reach those heights. And some of it might be the fact that Michael Crichton didn't have anybody to bounce like, I, as far as I know, he didn't necessarily have any writing partners to really bounce ideas off of. It wasn't something that was developed together with anybody, and that's something that we've talked about in the past. That would be a pretty, um, a pretty uh, important part of making your work better. You know, talking about George Lucas and people like that. But mm-hmm.
1: um, yeah, idea people, big big idea people like that usually need a team Neil around, around them to help, we've yeah, also to help, talked to help about. them
0: to pare down their ideas and bring them to the ground a little bit and and kind of, you know, flesh them out a little bit more. But um I wasn't really expecting so much with the Roman world and the medieval world in this movie. because uh, it's called Westworld. Right. Um but it was interesting to kind of see that too. And I wonder if the series is going to delve into that at all or if they're going to be more focused which I would expect they probably will be.
1: But. I, 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 the vibe I'm getting now, and this is speculation at this point, was that there is only Westworld, yeah. and there are not two other okay. periods. Which makes sense to me. But uh, I don't know. I do like that idea that, that people could choose. Yeah. Which it, it was, I thought it was interesting, definitely.
0: Yeah, and it seemed like the women were more into the Roman world, <laughs> right. and the guys were jealous of that fact.
1: And they were Westworld. They wanted to shoot w- bad guys. Westworld and, or the, the medieval world where yeah. they wanted to be royalty and right. stuff
0: like that. Uh, I think that was pretty interesting. Um,
1: no, definitely. I think that even, even a, a st- the the series seems so far like it's it's kind of starting from scratch. It's taking yeah. the basic basic core idea, but it's starting over. And I think a, an actual remake of this movie could potentially be really really awesome.
0: So and that's the thing that I was going to talk about. I think we have talked previously on the on the Midwest Film Nerds about how. Um, it seems like a lot of remakes are being selected to be like, oh, this movie did really well. What if we do a new updated one that has new stars in it and new technology and blah, blah, blah. Whereas we would prefer to see remakes that are of the movies that had a lot of potential but kind of fell on their face. And it feels like Westworld is one of those movies. Like I feel like there's so much potential in there that the fact that they're making a series out of it Excites me a lot. That's a lot of what's bringing me here. Is like, man, they have, they're gonna have the time to pull out these big ideas and really examine them and dig into it. And so uh, that's pretty awesome, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't. Do you have any other thoughts on Westworld that you wanted to get into? I mean, I, I don't necessarily know that we need to dive into spoilers too much, or or that we could really spoil a lot. I, I will say, yeah, Richard Benjamin and James. I liked James Brolin a lot. It's probably just because he's handsome. It's no, there's no real reason that the skip, script gives you to invest in these people. Like, you know, that uh, Peter Martin has just gone through a big divorce or something like that. And these guys seem like they're kind of buddies.
1: It, yeah. It's hard to tell initially whether yeah. or they know each other even, or if they're just strangers. They just sat next a, to each other. Strangers on and a thing. hovercraft. Yeah. <laughs> just but, chatting. So it's,
0: it's, it's kind of hard to tell that and by that function. That means to me that they didn't do that great of a job developing the characters. But
1: yeah, I think Brolin's there to be handsome guy and Martin's there to be wimpy guy. Yeah. And that's kind of wimpy, wimpy cypher. Yes. Yeah. And that's kind of the way they are. Yeah. And that's pretty much the way they stay. And it's, fine <laughs> I guess yeah I think Brolin, Brolin's fun to watch because he's having fun with it like his character is the one who's having a good time and yeah. I think it kind of reads through he has he has a little bit more fun uh Yul Brenner's fun to
0: watch yeah definitely Yul Brenner it feels like a force to like the whole that final act in the movie of him chasing after Peter like it and you can feel the threat there even though it feels a bit cheesy like yeah his kind of impending doom uh feels like like mr x and resident evil 2 or something like that. you can that. definitely like, see
1: the the I, I had read actually a long time ago and I, I just read this fact again today that uh the terminator was yeah based in and that's the this. thing i
0: was like i kept expecting him to come out in the terminator 2 run like but he just
1: mostly kind of w- struts his way around yeah it's kind of funny which
0: is very much what what arnold does yeah. in the first terminator so it's it's very cool
1: i uh, though the only the the parts of the movie that i thought worked really well are. uh And this is obviously a spoiler, but later on when when Peter's just fleeing from the gunslinger and once he gets down into the institute, uh, I'll call it for now, (laughs) the kind of command area. Yeah, that's when it got really that's when it got tense, Mm -hmm. I thought, and creepier because you were suddenly the the openness of the West West world itself felt safer in a way because it felt like he could just keep running. Yeah. And it's open and it's free. And then once you get down to these ill lit corridors that all look the same, and you just hear those footfalls echoing around, I was like, "Oh, okay, this is getting intense. <laughs> I like this." Yeah, those were, those parts were cool, and that's again where it it kind of got a little bit more horror movie. And yeah, it was a uh, kind of like Terminator, which is cool, which of course I love.
0: Yeah, and I wish there was a little bit more in terms of like uh, the formulation of the plan. We get the the guy that uh, that Peter comes across as as uh, he's fleeing from the gunslinger mm-hmm. uh who's working on his cart to try and get the hell out of dodge uh tells him you gotta attack his his vision like you you gotta do something about that yep and it feels like that comes so late in the movie mm-hmm. that I, I i had wished that they'd given a little more setup where peter's learning about how how much the gunslinger like how good his senses are right but He just gets that upgrade like halfway through the movie anyway. So it's kind of like it feels a little haphazardly thrown together in that sense to me.
1: That is uh, also they don't really explain why he wants to kill them so bad, which is which is okay because you don't you don't need to know. All you need to know is that he wants to kill you and he's not going to stop. And that's pretty cool. But I, I I do like the way that they they're kind of exhausted of him. He's come around like three times now, and they see him, and they're just like, oh, you again. Yeah. And it just it would be just like a day roaming around at Disney World, and you see like the same guy in the goofy costume like yep. a few times. You're like, oh, this guy again. <laughs> Get the hell out of it. We don't want to yeah. deal with you right now. And I do love the way that they just kind of brush him off like that. It's yep. really really funny. Makes the uh, the switch flip that much uh, that much better. Because if he had just rolled up on them at that part, you'd be like, whoa, look at this guy. Yeah, like he's intense.
0: And I, I like the idea too about kind of the spread of an infection that, that they were talking about uh, which reminded me about a story that I saw recently about uh, this is a bit of an aside but there was a point in time in World of Warcraft where somebody had written some code that caused their character to then um, you wouldn't be able to respawn or something. Mm. Like you would not be able to come back from the dead like you normally would in the game. And if you went into a like a lively town or something like that you would end up infecting everybody in the town with the same injected code wow and that was something that the cdc ended up studying because it was so much like a real life outbreak of a disease so that to me kind of comes back to where this movie is like oh this is an infection that's spreading we don't know what it is at all we don't know how it's affecting these people or what it's doing. I thought, I thought like those pieces were connecting in my mind, and so to kind of see this movie seed that idea a little bit of like a technological virus that, yeah, you know, in the days when computers were running off of tapes, like I think that's very interesting. Um, so
1: no, it definitely it's it's a fear that obviously existed back then and and it still exists today, if not even more so, that the fear that what happens when our not even necessarily our technology turns against us, but when it just stops working. yeah. Like how, where will we be left? And it's crazy. Like yeah. think about when you leave the house and you accidentally leave your phone at home, you feel absolutely screwed. <laughs> like, yeah. What do I do? Yeah. Which is hilarious. And we are in our late twenties, early thirties, and we grew up in a time when we didn't have, we still remember what it was like to not have cell phones mm-hmm. and that we got along in the world just fine. And sometimes if I'm driving around somewhere and it, and it's a, I have a general idea of where I'm going, but I don't know for sure, I'll go like, yeah, I'm going to forego the GPS just for fun, just to remove the thrill of not knowing <laughs> exactly when you're going to turn. It's kind of... Uh,
0: yeah, that's interesting because kind of I've noticed a lot. I've taken a few trips up to Alaska this year because I have family up there and I I've noticed how much none of them rely on their GPS to do anything. They're like... And, and and some of the family members that I have up there are, uh, I wouldn't call them anxious people, but but they want to have the plan. They want to know where they gotta go. They they print out the map quest or something like that. Whereas I'm just like, well, I'm just gonna pull it up on my phone and check it. That's funny. And so kind of, you know, that generational—that's certainly a generational divide. That oh yeah, and exists. I think that
1: this this particular movie and this the these themes catered towards a younger audience could be maybe not catered towards but if a younger audience was exposed to this people who grew up without the idea of not having technology at you know yeah drop of a hat for anything those fears would probably be even greater yeah or they might feel like absurdities it That's might not true even seem possible yeah. they might just laugh and go that that won't happen <laughs> come on <laughs> that can't happen yeah very just, true you've grown so used to this idea it's like uh But it can happen with anything. You know, we're obviously in the Metro Detroit area and, you know, an hour north of us in Flint, Michigan, people suddenly couldn't even drink water. Yeah. Like tap water coming out of the sink is killing people. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's the kind of thing that we grew up with knowing that uh, Metro Detroit tap water is among the best available in the nation and uh, or even the world probably. And it's it's such a thing you just grow so comfortable and accustomed to. And the thought that it can turn on you is just crazy. Yeah. And now, you know, I would love to show this to, like, my my younger cousins or something and see yeah. what they would think. And say, what do you <laughs> think of this idea that you're that everything might just turn on you and try to kill you?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty cool. All right. Uh, so I think those are our thoughts on the Westworld te- uh, movie. Man, I'm all out of sorts right now. But, uh Yeah. I don't know if at some point uh, maybe we'll dig into Future World if we, if we want to do a little bit of extracurricular activity or maybe we'll take a look at uh, at least the pilot of Beyond Westworld. I would be curious to see kind of what form those things took, especially seeing as how Future World took uh, pretty much none of the cast and crew along. Um, so it, it would be pretty cool to kind of uh, build out this idea of Westworld. But for now, the Westworld TV show is going to air October 2nd. Um, and we are excited to check out that premiere and, and sit down and talk about it. So come back on October 3rd uh, to download our first normal episode of Westworld FM. But in the meantime, you can find us at westworld.fm. Uh, we're, we have FM at gmail.com for feedback, and we are also Westworld FM on Twitter. So please check us out. Follow us in those places. We would love to have, create a dialogue where you guys are talking with us and telling us what you think of the show and the things that – that uh stuck out to you and kind of any questions that you have lingering we want to hear them we want to talk about them here on our show uh so please let us know and uh in the meantime uh the midwest film Nerds podcast exists on midwestfilm nerds.com go and check that out if you want to hear us talk about movies and uh right now preacher is off air but if you wanted to go back and watch season one of preacher uh somehow if you buy it on itunes or amazon go to gone to and we will definitely be picking that show back up when season two of preacher airs so for now thank you for joining us for this first episode of westworld fm uh nick thanks for coming on this ride with me of course and uh we look forward to talking to you guys uh, after the first episode airs